so Eric, um, you may have heard the most recent news, but um, it seems Warner Brothers is trying to do some kind of big media merger with Paramount, which is yes. crazy because, yes. you know, Warner Brothers is, they've already been doing all these reckless um, like um, acquisitions. It's a little scary. Um, but what does this all mean for Wonka? Well, Carlin, this just speaks to yet another way that Wonka is a very prescient, ahead-of-its-time piece of media mm-hmm. commentary. Um, there are a lot of parallels between Warner Brothers CEO David Zaslav and the members of the Chocolate Cartel. He's mm. watering down the product. He doesn't understand what people fundamentally like about the products that his company is supposed to be creating. And he's scrambling. He's on the defense. He sees a threat uh, in the form of Wonka or in Zaslav's case, you know, in the form of, of smaller independent studios. And mm-hmm. he's trying to form sort of a content cartel, if you will, as opposed oh. to a chocolate cartel with Paramount. But you know, Carlin, I don't want to be too negative about the situation. Let's try and look at this glass half full, you know, the upside down yeah, yeah. A, as it were. The upside down uh, A. Plus side of the Warner Brothers Paramount merger. I'm going to pitch it right now. Mission in Wonkable. It's a Mission Impossible Ooh. Wonka crossover where Ethan I, Hunt I like it. has to break into the chocolate factory and swim through the chocolate vault to... Uh, do something. I don't know. They always like write the scripts on the day anyway. It doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, does does Ethan Hunt end up drowning in chocolate or does he save the day and now Ethan Hunt's gonna live away? forever. He's gonna live forever. Yes. Well, that's great. At least there's I don't know. Maybe there's some to be looking forward to, but you know, I hope it's not um Oompa Loompa Doopity doomed. <laughs> Say my what eric uh today is day five of my week with wonka if you can believe it we have been seeing this movie for five days that is insane um today um we're very lucky to have on um another guest uh we have our uh, very own resident um chocolate uh bookkeeper extraordinaire maggie smith maggie say hey to the fans who can make the sun rise? It's me. Hey. <laughs> Maggie, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we, um, you know, we're trying to get so many people to get in on this project, see the joys of Wonka, see how the Willy became the Wonka. You know, this is very exciting for me to uh, meet a fellow Wonka fan out of this. All our other guests I've, I've known previously, but you know, once Carlin uh, decided to stop being rude and finally introduce us on the Zoom call oh, after right. you just sitting there for like five minutes yep, and not introducing yep. us. Um, no, we simply yeah. have to tell the fans what happened, which was I was sitting on the Zoom call before 1030 and, um, and Carlin did not see me on the Zoom call. So it was a lot of me and Eric making eye contact. And right. I didn't know if I should say anything because they were having a conversation that was very important. Yeah, you know, that's that's the wonders of Wonka. You know, there's just the magic for um, meeting people and connecting in new ways. Now, Maggie, I'm really glad to have you on this too because uh, you have done something similar and to a degree even more insane in that you didn't just do a whole week, but you did a whole month a couple of years ago with 
your very own Rocket Man November. Rocket Man November. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in November of 2020, if we all remember what was going on at that time. The novel coronavirus. No, exactly. And it was a rough time for all of us. And some of us came up with ways to cope that were different than others. And mine was, I decided to watch the movie Rocket Man, um, 2019, 2019 film Rocket Man, uh, every day in November. And let me tell you, it was, I don't remember the month at all. Um, I had a rule where if I did miss a day, I would have to watch it twice the next day. There was one day that I missed it, so I did have to watch Rocketman twice in one day, which also meant I had to watch it on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So there was like a solid like hour and a half or like two hours I was missing from Thanksgiving Mm-hmm. to go sit in my room and watch rocket man because nobody else like, wanted to watch it with me you were at like a family gathering for it thanksgiving yeah we. i we, think you should have like commandeered the tv like okay forget football i it's tried rocket man time. i really did try and there's something about El- an elton john biopic that my family just did not want to watch um, i mean i think we should all be thankful for Elton John. I don't know why we wouldn't want to honor well, him. Well, so this is crazy, right? Because I am wearing an Elton John shirt right now. Wow. Oh, beautiful. Um, But so then I tried doing it the next year. And I had to, I don't know, Carlin, if you remember this, I had to make a notes app apology the next year. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> day four, I was like, I can't do Rocketman November. Because simply put, I wasn't mentally ill enough to do it. Oh, you weren't mentally ill enough. I was okay, not yeah. mentally ill enough to do it anymore because what okay. happened between between Rocketman One and Rocketman Two or Rocketman November One and Rocketman November Two was I <laughs> I started getting medicated for mental illnesses, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. after getting medicated, I couldn't do that. I couldn't watch Rocketman anymore. I could I could watch Rocketman, but I couldn't do Rocketman November anymore. I have yeah, not been yeah. able to watch Cats Twenty Nineteen, also mm-hmm. since starting medication. Okay. So it's been like... Uh, 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 Cats 2019, another great example of a modern movie musical. But yes, continue. Musical adaptation. Right. And I saw that seven times in theaters. Oh, So as you can tell, there was like something... I'm considering seeing Wonka again, though, because honestly, that was like the best movie experience. One of the best movie experiences I've had in a long time. You know, Maggie, uh, we um, have talked on the show that famously the director Paul King came up to me to ask me like hey Carlin can you can you play Wonka here and I was like oh I can't do that um you know it was probably we were doing everybody or something like that yeah. you know but it, it was there's was a scheduling conflict he's like Carlin we've seen your uh work as Wonka before please come and no they gave it to Timmy but Maggie you actually made it into the film you play you play young Willy Wonka I do now, that was uh, me Unfortunately for our um, for audio listeners, which is basically pretty much everyone, um, uh, you can't see this great sight gag. But yes, Maggie was playing young Willy Wonka on that little river cruise scene with Sally Hawkins. Maggie, yeah, Maggie, what was it like working with Sally Hawkins? You know, the we best part about work, working about Sally Hawkins is we had a lot of dramaturgical conversations oh, about yeah? about where where exactly were we? Because we were on the river, but what river? Right. And mm-hmm. and when we were talking, because I was talking with, with um, Paul uh, King, and yes. um, I was, I, I was wondering, because I was like, do I need to, do I need to match, you know, like the, the, the dialect that Sally was doing? And he was like, no, 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 just do what you were, you, what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And at that point, they also hadn't even considered whether or not Timothy was going to be doing an American oh. accent as well. 
So there was like there was the potential that Timothy was going to come in with a with like a British dialect, and I was going to come in with just like straight up Midwestern American. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And so that was going to be a whole other level of like of like the magic behind this man. Mm-hmm. That was and, and that was a it was an interesting like. I don't know. It was an interesting, it was an interesting, um, it took a couple of weeks to film that, actually. Okay. That wow. scene on the boat? It took a couple of yeah. minutes to I, film those scenes. A couple of that, weeks that, to film those scenes. I, and, I and heard that, that the boat kept sinking and you had to keep finding new boats <laughs> to film on. It was rough. True? It was rough. Yeah, no, and it wasn't even like, it was funny because like, like the boat wasn't even like, it wasn't even sinking because of like, poor construction work like the boats were well made i just kind of kept getting like there because we would be having these long long breaks where like nothing nobody was going to be nothing was getting shot so i just kind of was like let's see how big of a hole i can make in the boat without it sinking and every time i went a little bit too far and the boat just kind of and i was like okay so we capsized another one and it was crazy (laughs) that i was allowed to stay on the film but you know it's just you had such great like chemistry with sally and and maggie you know you didn't have any scenes like on the screen with mr chalamet but um did you um did you ever get like in touch with him like talk to him like kind of to create some kind of like uh generational chemistry you know yeah we um well so actually so so you guys are gonna when this goes on to blu-ray you guys are gonna see this um there were there's cut there's cut scenes and there was oh, a cut really? scene where Timothy Chalamet, because, and I was talking to, I was talking to, I was talking to Paul and Simon, because Paul also was one of the writers. Yeah. And I was talking to Paul and Simon and I was like, can we have a scene that's like a la Rocket Man, where Timothy Chalamet, where, where Wonka hugs his younger self. So mm-hmm. there was this, there's just a scene and it's, but it had to get cut because it was just like, it was like, okay, so is he going to see the mom or is he going to hug his younger self? Is it like, but mm-hmm, so there mm-hmm. was a lot of really nice, like generational conversations too, where we kind of went into, we had this, we had this, these, these diaries that we would fill out in character and then we would give them mm-hmm. to each other. But actually at the end of the day, it didn't really make sense for him to be giving me his diaries because I, as child Wonka, would not understand anything. But so it was helping me make exactly. some choices that I was like, this is going to foreshadow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a song that got cut too. And it was oh, going to be me and Timothy oh, really? singing together. Wow. Yeah. That would be cute. It was, um, it was. Can you give us like a little well, hint, like what the song was called? You don't have to sing it, but just like, what was the song oh, called? The song was called just another piece of chocolate and then in parentheses in my pocket and wow. it was just kind of like it was like a little like it it was it was like it was a duet that was going to be sung when he was like making chocolate for noodle for the first time mm. yeah and it was like and it was really we had some really good harmonies and it was it was really I. Here's the thing: I couldn't get through it without crying, which I think was part of the reason why it got cut because it wasn't right. I mean, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. choking up just thinking cry. about it. I was just thinking. Well, no, and like that was the thing. It was just, and it, you know, and and we recorded it on my last day on set, so there was a lot mm-hmm, of emotions mm-hmm. there, and it was just yeah. Uh, well, that's that's really beautiful. Thanks for giving us this exclusive scoop, Maggie. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think the, the 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 Wonka fans, the Wonka heads, really appreciate this 
this little glimpse in the movie. So now, Maggie, we've seen it five times. You've seen it one time, but tell us, what are your, what's your initial thought upon your initial viewing? Can we all, can we all say our favorite moment on three? <laughs> favorite okay. song or favorite moment? Our favorite moment in the, in the entire movie. It doesn't have to be okay. a song. It can be a song, but it doesn't it have to be. be. Okay. Okay. What's okay. Our favorite moment, if we're all ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. When Slugworth had the gun. What? <laughs> Bingala. <laughs> uh, we we really love Bingala here. Uh, you, long time. You really long love Bingala. Long time. I love. <laughs> I love how much you love Bingala, but I do not love Bingala. I don't remember Bingala at all. What was Bingala? <laughs> Uh, it's when it's when he's got an idea. To be fair, I I do like what you never had chocolate before. I love I like that, that scene so much because the the variety at which he is performing is is he's doing to the so nines. many things. The, to the really the the common theme here with Carlin's favorite moments in the movie are they're all moments that allow him to scream into his mic <laughs> so that the audio peaks and I get a splitting <laughs> headache when I'm editing. And, and it distorts it. Um, so wait, Eric, you said Scrub Scrub was your favorite moment? Uh, it's my favorite. Uh, it, well, now I'm going back and forth between Scrub Scrub and Sweet Tooth as far as favorite sure. song. Okay, I, gr- can we talk about Sweet Tooth? Yes. Yes, let's. I love that song because it's like it's like a polycule trying to invite someone to join as their fourth. <laughs> I love that song. I think that song well, is amazing. I think I think all of them are performing spectacularly. If I can call out specifically Matthew Baton, amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, this is a little detail I picked up on viewing number four. But when Keegan-Michael Key first enters the, the Chocoholic Monastery, the St. Benedict's Cathedral, the song that the monks are humming is Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, yeah. yeah. And really? the police siren, the police siren is also um, like part of Sweet Tooth as well. Oh, really? wow. Something I noticed on my first viewing is that the song at the end of the movie that Timothy sings is Pure Imagination. <laughs> Paul King, uh, he was, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Four Favorites series that Letterboxd does where they at Mm -hmm. at film premieres they'll go up to the cast and and you know crew behind a movie and ask them their four favorite movies and sometimes they just say their four favorite movies sometimes it's like four movies that inspired them for the movie and i was very surprised to find out that um paul king when making this movie one of his biggest inspirations was actually the 1971 movie willy wonka and the chocolate factory really and i feel like after you know five days of of this project I really started to pick up on a lot of the ways that he I see inspired. It. Yeah, I, first I, it I kind of surprised it. me when he said that. I was like, interesting. I don't know. I don't, you know, some of his other four movies I saw a little bit more, but um, yeah, I really started to pick up on the the homages there. What a what a creative mastermind! These directors they they got so many little Easter eggs, man. But yeah, so Maggie, you like Sweet Tooth? What what did you? Sorry, what did you say your favorite moment was when we were all yelling? Oh yeah. Um, I said my favorite moment was when uh, Slugworth has the gun at the end of the movie. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a good one. I think that's I. Okay, so I went to go see it with my roommate um, mm-hmm. because I got this text from Carlin being like, "Oh, do you want to be on the podcast?" And I was like, "Yes." Um, and so that night, literally, I got off of a shift at work at eight, and I went to a nine p.m. showing of Wonka. Good, and I was good. there with my roommate. The vibes were immaculate, and there mm-hmm. was a point where. 
the part where he comes out with the gun, our jaws both dropped and we both at once said, he has a gun. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Because, yeah, I mean, there, there were like some crime and, you know, like um, dirty deeds going on. But that's like a weapon of murder right there. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, after our first viewing, I believe I, I said this on the first uh, episode of the pod. I said that um, Patterson Joseph's performance as Slugworth reminded me of like an old school Bond villain, like with the mm-hmm. just the sneering and snarling and the ostentatious outfits and everything. Um, so I've been a big fan of his 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 work through mm-hmm. all viewings of the movie. And then on my fourth viewing, it finally occurred to me, he has this gun. Why doesn't he just shoot them <laughs> instead of doing this elaborate death by chocolate thing? But then I thought, you know what? That right there is why he would be a perfect mm-hmm. Bond villain. Oh, yeah. that's absolutely what a Bond villain would do, too. I The bullet isn't merely enough. Go ahead. No, well, no, I was just going to say, to your point, Eric, this is like their their fortune. And they're willing to to put two dead bodies in their fortune <laughs> and then still use that to, like, blackmail the police. Right, right. And, and other people, people eat that. People and eat that. As we've established, that chocolate is not very thick like it looks like doo-doo water so their bodies would not really be hidden that well maggie i'm really glad you brought this up um i have brought up the chocolate bat scene every episode (laughs) of this show so far because it is so it's so insane drowning in chocolate horrible you know that it becomes that's are are the can't are the people of this this town now cannibals because they eat this chocolate what unfortunate isn't it Mm mm-hmm but I, I'm pulling. I'm sorry. I'm pulling up my notes because I took notes during. Oh, and the number one note that I do have is all caps. Slugworth has a gun. Three question marks. Yeah. Um. So Maggie, yes, you mentioned you like Sweet Tooth. Are there any other numbers? Um. You know, Maggie, you and I, we we met in the theater. Um. With an re. The theater with an re. We've um. You know, we've enjoyed some, some various theater performances. I know you're a fan of. You know. Um, you know, musicals and the movie adaptations. And Carmen, um, you're a fan of Les Miserables. You know, As... um, according to this thing in the background, uh, yes. And yeah, we the... have talked about we have talked about the connections between Wonka and Les Mis. Oh, but, really? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. Specifically now, in I... regards to Scrub It and Bleacher as sort of the Tenardiers. Okay, so I'm glad that you thought about that too, because I was immediately like, oh, those are the Tenardiers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but Maggie does well do you have like any favorite numbers in this um, and does Wonka succeed as a musical Wonka okay so oh so sorry I hit my I hit my mic because I was so shocked by that question number one of course it succeeds as a musical I oh, was yeah. on my way I so I had to leave work right, no, I didn't have to leave work I I finished my shift at work last night and I had to go immediately by train to somewhere else and mm-hmm immediately the minute i get off of work i put my headphones in and i'm playing the wonka soundtrack like oh, yeah. i am playing all, i and i and yes of course i did immediately go to sweet tooth because that is like that song really gets me going mm-hmm. um i love i love in the i love the first number though i think it does a really great job of of setting setting the mm-hmm. scene for you I, yeah, love, and- I love the little like oh my gosh he's just losing money left and right yeah yeah it's very relatable. I was, yeah, I was first a little annoyed. I think this was on the third viewing. You know, the there's the lyric is like, 
he's got a tattered overcoat. And I'm like, oh, that overcoat actually looks pretty fine. It doesn't seem too tattered. But that's how he loses his last sovereign because he flips it up, goes in his pocket, but goes right through the hole. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, um, it's just brilliant writing. It, it really is. It, the, the lyricists here just, they knew what was up. Now, Maggie, um, you've done some funny stuff. You've, you've gone to funny school, completed your clown thesis, as it were. I did there complete my go. clown thesis. There you go. Um, Eric and I, you know, seen this five times mm -hmm. up to this point. We see the jokes and, you know, we've like looked at them a lot. But, you know, the chuckles we're producing um, upon our fifth, fourth and fifth viewings, they're not as vibrant as they were in our first viewing. But, you know, most people will not be viewing this movie five days in a row or seven days in a row. Seven but days. Maggie, for you, uh, a fresh viewer of Wonka and a fresh, uh, well, seasoned um, uh, uh, comedy laureate. Oh. Um, is this funny? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. The laughs per minute in this. Here's the thing is I think they do there's a lot of there's a lot of like intentional jokes you mm -hmm. know that are like clear like they wrote this this line as a joke and then yeah. there are a lot of things that just come through with the performances that's like like i'm not talking about like over oh, laughing in like an ironic way there's like things that i'm just like people are making facial expressions that are hilarious that are like perfect for the moment oh. they knew that's the thing that i loved about this movie is that like everybody came onto this set ready to work and we're like here for a good time nobody was there mm -hmm. i mean like maybe okay i do know one person who was there for a check but <laughs> <laughs> one man did oh. say he was there for a check everyone else was there to have fun <laughs> and even the man who, who was there for a check he he, he did his job well he did he, job. and you know what he did so many little dances like oh yeah he, um, he had to stay behind at the end of the movie and do his dance again mm -hmm. no, i bet i, I bet he was good I thought it was funny. I bet Hugh Grant loved the fact that he was part of a, not an after credit scene, just a, a mid credits. Uh, you know, it's you know, the credits with the scene, you know, um, he probably loved that a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of, wait, go ahead, Eric. Well, just real quick, while we're on the mid credit scene, I'm at the point with this movie where, um, yes, the laughs may have started to wane a little bit, but I like, I don't want to say Stockholm syndrome because that's like fake nonsense, but like I'm at the point with this movie where I've seen it so many times in such a short span that random moments are just very like sweet and touching to me. And during the mid credit mm -hmm. scene, like this most recent viewing, when there's that little shot of like Larry Chucklesworth doing his comedy routine yeah. and he waves to his ex-wife in the audience and she like blows him a kiss or whatever. I like, I'm I'm going insane. I'm going insane watching this movie because that is such a stupid thing to have an emotional reaction to. But I was like, his wife came and saw his show and but she's you, gonna take you, him back. You feel for Chucklesworth. I when do. you saw it when you saw it the first time, well where would you say you started crying? Like what was the first point where you were like crying? I started crying on the way <laughs> yeah. to the theater with Carlin when I thought, I'm really no. doing this. I'm really committing the next week have to you, this. Have you guys been seeing it together every time? Uh, yesterday three, was the... The first, yeah, the first three were together. Okay. And then since yeah, then, it's been two. separate. That's... Yeah, but I, I I believe that the last two will be together. Um, yes. Well, you certainly have to do the last one together. 
Oh, it's, of, of course. It's the end of, of an course. era. It, I, it is. I cried when when they were dancing on the rooftop with the balloons. I was yeah. genuinely like, this is very beautiful. And no, because if I were a kid when this came out, this would have been like a nightmare for my parents because this would have been my <laughs> whole personality. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, a moment I've, I've, I didn't really pick this up the first viewing, but I think the second and third viewings, like it's, it's right before World of Your Own. It's like, he's, he's black in silhouette and he's like, mm-hmm. here we go, mama. Here we go, I kind of go like, here we, here we go, mama. And, I, <laughs> and I, and, and I, I think I really love that because World of Your Own is, is sort of becoming one of my favorite numbers. It's and it's like, it's like, it's like this kind of pre-catharsis if that's if there's probably a better word for that um but before world of your own because i mean to be fair the end of world of your own it sucks like it's like oh man like it's sad poison we should we should clarify when you say sucks it sucks for him he's in a he's in a hard situation the movie is still beautiful that that moment you know the here we go mama that moment (laughs) it's you know he's taking a moment to calm himself before this very exciting but also it's a very nerve-wracking moment in his mm-hmm. life where he's opening up the store for the first time. So I feel like it is very relatable, sort of that moment where you finally reached this thing that you've been working towards your whole life, and now you're like, "Oh shit, I have to do this thing." In that, in my case, it was me seeing Wonka for the first time. I, I agree, Carlin. That is a nice moment. Um, yeah. I wanted to say real quick, uh, Maggie, you were talking about like you know uh, how you would have reacted if this movie came out when you were a kid. <laughs> Um, in my most recent viewings, um, I've been hitting up different spot than when Carlin and I saw it together. Uh, and it's a smaller theater. So I've really been able to notice like individual reactions from kids. Kids really like this movie. I'm sure the kids did in my first three viewings, but it was a bigger theater. And also we were sitting closer to the front. Carlin like picks seats closer to the front than I would have if I was picking the seats, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, but I was sitting a bit closer to the back and it was a smaller theater. So I was able to like, you know, pick up how these, these kids were reacting. Um, and they, they really liked it. My favorite was one kid who was like, I feel like he was just so excited to get the jokes and he wanted to make sure other people got the jokes too. Um, so it was, you know, it was very cute when during the scrub scrub, uh, reprise when reprise reprise, Mm-hmm. Um, we have both, so I can edit around it. Um, yeah. <laughs> during during Scrub Scrub uh, Part Two, when Abacus Crunch accidentally hits himself on the hand with the stamp, and this mm-hmm. kid goes, "He stamped himself," and I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, he did stamp himself." Yeah. Now, <laughs> later on in the movie, during um, you've never had chocolate like this when the crowd parts to reveal um keegan michael key in the fat suit for the first time mm-hmm. and the kid went he's fat now oh my um, god in a way that kid is doing exactly what we have been doing for our fans which is whenever we have yeah. a sight gag we are telling them yes exactly what is happening exactly. exactly um you know now you know if only he could like um give a little more meta commentary about like you know oh gosh oh man fat joke whatever you know that's not really that funny in this day and age but that's okay you know he's a kid you know he's not supposed to necessarily dish out all that yeah let's cancel this kid let's cancel (laughs) can we talk about the social justice message in this movie please because there is very much a social justice message of um 
we've we've examined this movie through a variety of lenses, be it historical, uh, be it mm. yesterday a little political and economic. Political, but yeah. yes, what mm. um, tell us tell us Maggie, what are, yeah, tell, what us, are what... tell us how Wonka is is progressive. No, he um he his 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 whole his whole like I'm only selling chocolate for for one sovereign. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. that is like a big thing because he's trying to make money, but like he's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like upcharge mm-hmm. my customers. For... He's just yeah he's he's playing it fair you know and you know he's got a better pro- pro- a better product but for a lower price it's it, it, of course it drives the cartel so mad. Yeah. Because and there's also there's something interesting about the the what this movie like says about big pharma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of if we if we all recall in um, <clears throat> what is you've never had chocolate like this. Yeah, you've never so, tasted yeah. chocolate. I couldn't remember never, the title. You've never had chocolate like this. You've never, never had, had chocolate, chocolate like this. Um, when <laughs> when when we have um the the couple that's like proposing, um, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, oh, I don't have I don't have the self confidence. Like I'm not doing. It. And then Wonka's like, Here is here is a chocolate for you. And then that guy suddenly is like, I'm self-confident and I can get married. That he just gave that man Lexapro. Oh, yeah. He he gave he him, just yeah. inv- like he just invented like a- an SSRI. Mm-hmm. Or, which or is you know impressive. For the, you know, he gives the people like, you know, they're like, uh, this chocolate makes you you're in a Broadway show. He's giving them Prozac. You know, he's he's, he's lighting up their life. He's giving them Prozac, he's giving them that's the thing. He's he's giving them mm-hmm. throat coats so that they can <laughs> sing. He is, um, and you know, um, I'm glad you're you're bringing up Maggie. This you know, getting multiple lenses to mm-hmm. examine this story. I kind of wanna wanted to look, take a deep dive into the career man that is Wonka. How he got from boat picker to chocolate mogul. Now you know. Maggie, yourself, you, Eric, you guys are both, you know, career people, people developing your career. So you guys are like, every time I talk to you guys, you're like, yeah, guys, yeah, I'm focusing on my career. I'm in my grinding era. I'm always all about that career. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly yeah, what I say. That's, that's capitalism, so, baby. So what do you think? Um, how do you think like really Wonka got his start? Do you think he really did pull himself up by his bootstraps? Or did he have some kind of he had kind of a nice handpicked like chocolate internship where he was this able to. This whole movie was about how he got his start. You see, but oh, I don't. You mean it... before this movie? Yeah, you know, like on the boat, like you know, he was that like a study abroad program that he had, you know, um... mm. as a child with his mom. No, 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 well, the other no. boat. The other, oh, the other boat. boat. The boat that you weren't on, right. The boat. That's what I was going to say is because we did have, again, drama. So this is this is not something that they, they want to tell you. There was a third performer that played, like, oh. like Teen Wonka. Really? It was like oh. a real fun home situation. Uh-huh. Um, I, I thought that, um, you know, because when you said that there was the scene with both you and Timmy, it called to mind the uh, recent photo that dropped from The Crown, from the where Crown? it's all three yeah. Queen Elizabeths in the, in the frame together. So I thought that there was going to be a flash forward with like an old Wonka. Um, but Teen Wonka is the third Wonka. Teen Wonka. So. No, Timothy's okay. the old Wonka. I'm young Wonka, and then we have medium Wonka. Damn, he's 28 years old, and already he's the old something. But but yeah, Life like so. That's a good but, question. But, but did, did Wonka, like, 
did he pull himself up by his chalk straps or like do you think he was kind of um, jock strap he said chalk his, straps but it took me a minute chalk, his chalk straps chocolate bootstraps um or you know i don't know is is there like some nepotism you know i mean you know it, from the facts of this movie you know it, it, there isn't it, he it, he probably got this all through talent um, and I know, you know, Eric, you and you and I in the first episode, I was kind of going like, I don't know, Mon- Wanda, where's he getting all this stuff? And Eric, you're like, the movie clearly says magic, but Wonka's a very Wonka's a very practical magician, right? Like he's, I don't think he's just, you know, um, spontaneously like creating things. There is a line. I wrote it down. He wrote it down somewhere um something like uh it's like the stage is just a bunch of ropes pulleys and trap doors you know very very you know practical stuff you know right it's very brechtian um yeah yeah is william wonka like mother courage and the other scrub scrubbers (laughs) are his children you know in, in in that um you know in the very in the very like um Mother Wonka in the Brechtian, the Brechtian sim, famous symbol that is Mother Courage biting down on the coin to see if you know it's it's like real. You know, it's like um, you know, it's money. Is it edible? You know, like is like it spendable it or edible? Yes, mm. and here we bring up the concept of spendable or edible capital, right? So, um, and in this this society where. Um, where um money is so edible you know it's it's chocolate or you know whatever whatever is in that vault um this really brings up like a lot of questions about you know the value of you know money and um trading in in a free market economy so yeah and and, you know maggie you know just you know in terms of wonka's career path we kind of um kind of spitballed around like oh you know we don't know if um this this movie really answers how willie became the wonka you know because um a lot of a lot of us were wishing for like a that darker side of wonka to like come out and see how we got there but you know timmy's kind of timmy kind of floats by by being a himbo and uh you know, all the world is right. But Maggie, do you think, um, does this movie satisfy you um, in terms of like this Wonka origin story? That's what's interesting, right? Because because um, I was thinking about that too, where I was like, okay, so if we're looking at the, the original like Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, it's a very different Wonka than what we have with Timothy. And the same could be said for, um, for Mr. Depp. But mm-hmm. I don't know, because I also kind of see those two as two totally different characters in a way where honestly, I could see all three of these just being stories of three different Wonkas. Now, it, uh, I've, I've oh. clarified this before on past episodes, and I'll um, say it again, even though I feel like a fucking idiot every time I say it. <laughs> every time you um, say it. This movie is in the canon of the Gene Wilder movie. It is a oh prequel my God. <laughs> or a companion piece to the Gene Wilder movie. It's a companion uh, piece to the Gene Wilder? Yes. And so the the Johnny Depp movie is sort of off in its own separate 
uh, well, you know, well, that's well, I've I, always considered it its own separate thing. Let's but, let's but Maggie, make that clear. <laughs> I do appreciate this, you know, this idea of a Wonka verse. I mean, I said the term Wonka verse earlier, but this is a Wonka multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that you know we don't have enough like multiverses and whatever in mass media anyway nowadays, but you know, um, just this idea of like, okay, there are these multiple diverging. Wonka is each you know doing different things um and yes even though yeah he does uh grow up to be you know this the the Gene Wilder-esque kind of Wonka but let's speculate here does is that really what what Timmy becomes like what what kind of what kind of career choices does he make to to get to that place um do you think they have um LinkedIn but for chocolatiers so in Doctor Who there's a no um well i mean there is this has been this has been a conversation in doctor who so i do think this mm-hmm. could be a conversation in the wonkaverse if yeah. if this is a if if depending on the steps that you take in your life you become a different person later on in your life we all know this this is just how uh-huh. this is how we make decisions it's true, it's true. yeah is, and doctor who is, invented that and doctor who invented not only that doctor who invented time and space and also life and death um Mm -hmm. the thing i think though is like what if this is what if this is like what what if this is just like this is how if waka had taken these steps what could he have been maybe we're like Mm -hmm. looking at it from that perspective and not like because because how do you justify killing children you know Oh, you know, he didn't kill them. He just uh that you know, they all they all go home in like a nice stuff. Do you see them go bag. home? Like, do you see they, them they go, go home? they go in a nice like a burlap sack that the bloopers throw at the back of the dumpster. At the um, end of the book is this the, the thing is that like Roald Dahl's books, you know, they have a mean streak to them. And I, I don't know how um mm-hmm. can't remember how, you know, accurately this is visualized in the movie. Um but I remember reading the book in middle school and the book ends with like, don't worry, the kids all leave the factory alive, but also they're like permanently disfigured. Like Mike TV oh. who gets sucked into the TV, um, the way that they're, you know, and he's like all shrunk down, they're able to get him out of the TV, but he's like all like stretched out or whatever Ooh. you know so he leaves these kids Ooh. permanently scarred well because so and and not to and not to but like in the in the depth one they do show that but i don't i want to say they don't show that in the in the gene wilder one i don't think they do the gene wilder version is like scary in its own ways like with the tunnel scene but i love we, that scene that is we such don't... a phenomenal scene <laughs> we don't see the child disfigurement in that movie on it, and you know what? And you know think. what? I can actually, I can understand why they decided not to show that. Right. I do feel like if you don't show it, though, it does look like those kids are dead. Right. Right. That's so. I don't know. That's a great question. Then does this? I want a second movie. That's another, but it's like <laughs> it's like this next chapter in his life. Right. Yeah, you know, we were talking about like we need like a Wonka two, a dark Wonka. This this is a this is, seems to be a common theme, and um. Uh, did I already say the thing about like Paddington too? I was about like, to say Paddington too. Like people like Paddington too better, you know. Um, allegedly, we've n- I've never we've never seen the Paddington movies. People like I, Paddington. Oh, too there's a better. scene where Paddington steals a dog. It's so funny. 
<laughs> oh yeah does Pad- does he become dark paddington he doesn't no this is paddington one that this happens i've never oh. seen paddington two because i can't find a place to watch it like mm. i because paddington the the original paddington is on netflix mm-hmm. or it was uh-huh. on netflix i don't know if it is anymore um um speaking of um chocolate careers one um i don't know if you guys are familiar with this 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 man but I always see this um, this man on like Facebook and social media. I, I I don't know his name, but he's like I think some French chef. He's always making these chocolate sculptures, and they're like really elaborate. Yes, um, yes. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking yes, about. This man, he like I mean, he he does he has like kind of the same initial steps. Like he'll he'll roll out chocolates and make a lot of chocolate cylinders and chocolate whatevers, and but then then at the end of the thing, he's got a hyper realistic elephant made out of chocolate. Um, and I wonder if, uh, I wonder if, uh, this man like studied under Willy Wonka, you know, uh, cause you know, Willy Wonka's like chocolates kind of have almost have the ability to just make things out of thin air when in their, you know, their magic type qualities, magic in quotes, you know, but, um, well, Willy Wonka, it wouldn't be a chocolate elephant. It would be like an actual living elephant. It would mm-hmm. that elephant would be moving, and you would feel like some moral qualms while eating a Willy Wonka elephant. So, does it taste like chocolate, though? I I haven't tried it. I'll let That's you know. This. Unfortunately, on set we couldn't have the real like the real oh. uh, historical figure there. That that yeah. Nobody that knows where is. he is. Nobody knows where he is. Mm-hmm. I think I think he fled to I think he fled to Lumpa Land. He but, fled um, to Lumpa Land. Um, and you know he's protect he's protected under international loop law. Oh wow! Um, they that that they have a very they fix, complicated they relations. They have a very complicated uh, extradition treaty. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to return one prisoner from Lumpa Land, then you have to give them a thousand prisoners. Oh so, my god! Yes, yeah. a thousandfold. It, it, and they are very clear. Loompa law makes it very clear. I want to know how they got more how they got more Oompa Loompas working at the factory. This we sort of we talked about this. um, We we speculated a few times, but yesterday when we sort of did our political Mm -hmm. deep dive into Wonka, we talked about how, you know, uh, in this movie, it ends with wonka offering lofty a job as the head of the tasting department it's like okay this is they shake hands it's a partnership he is you know promoting the oompa loompas the management but by the events of the original movie they're just sort of you know doing menial factory work much in the same way that he and his scrub scrubbers were forced to do in the wash house so it sort of seems like he has become greedy with power and uh is now subject subjecting people to the same torment that he was subjected to and you know the the oompa loompas have been demoted from like management to just you know slave labor and i wonder if maybe there were some unionization efforts there that were busted um Mm -hmm. by willy wonka you know he didn't want to come to the table uh you know i don't know that's what i do like about this movie is it does leave room for for some speculation for you to kind of like piece together your mm-hmm. own story because i think at the end of the day every every person's idea and image of wonka is the is the is the truth of course the man the myth of the course. legend yes if you will um yeah maggie do you have any other 
thoughts or things you kind of want to talk about Wonka or oh, any notes app. Okay. Oh, please. Spit, 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 spit some out, spit some out, spit some out. I do. I, I wanted to say, I love the cast of this movie. Yeah. I love the cast because I knew the cast when I was like, when this, the list first came out, I was like reading through and I was like, oh my God, this is stacked. And then I immediately forgot about everybody who was in it, except for mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet, because it was Timothy Chalamet and everyone was talking about that. And then Hugh Grant, because he kept popping up in the in the news articles. Of course, of course. And then I went to go see it. And I was like, there's such a wild variety of people here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I love. I love because it was just, like I said earlier, it's just a ton of people who were there and were like having a good time. And I just want to, I just want to thank them. I don't know if we've had the chance to thank them yet for their efforts. I'm but sure. everybody no, who worked ahead. on that movie did such a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And I truly, I truly enjoyed it. And I want to, I'm going to go, I'm going home to visit my family. Um, with like, tomorrow I leave. And mm-hmm. I want to take my siblings to see this movie because I think it was oh, such a fun experience. I had such a good time watching it. Did you good. have a favorite member of the supporting cast? I know you um you, you shouted out uh Matt Bainton from the Chocolate I, Cartel earlier. I think he he was um, just really he did yes because because it, when you guys do your next watch cuz what are you are you going to go on to number 6 now? Oh, of course. Make sure yes. you're watching him every time he's on screen. Even if he is blurry in the background, he is acting. Yes, he has mm-hmm. some great he facial is, expressions. He's doing great facial. I also want to shout out the um the girl who played Noodle. Yes. I don't I I don't know if I I don't know any of her other work, I don't think. I think I think this is it. There's like one other movie that she was seriously? in. But I think it's sort of like a, you know, girl on park bench like situation, like a very small role in the other movies. She so. killed it. She yeah, was I thought so too. She did a great job understanding the depth of her character. Also, her comedic timing is like impeccable. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I thought it was I thought it was just a phenomenal film. I uh, I also love I also love marketings for like secret musicals. I think that's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I I wonder. I was thinking about this. You know, the the trailers like went out of their way to avoid showing that this was a musical. Like I rewatched mm-hmm. the trailers um, this morning, and they they're trying to use like every scrap of like non song footage that they can right. find to the point that they literally have like that shot from the end of the movie with Sally Hawkins in the trailer. I just I don't understand do. why you would like, that's the kind of thing that you leave for people to see in the movie, but they would mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm. show that than um, let people know that it's a musical, but it's not just the trailers. It's also like the posters for this movie are horrendous. Like they are ugly to look at. And I wonder if they were like, mismarketing this movie on purpose like to make it look bad so that people would have low expectations and then they would be surprised by it Mm -hmm. but also maybe i'm giving warner brothers too much credit like i think um you know like i was gonna say like 
either this has to be intentional or they're just really bad at their jobs. And I think what we've learned over the past year is that David Zaslav is just like really bad at his job of running Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably is actually what it is. Yeah. So, um, Eric, uh, going into our uh, next viewings, uh, you know, our, our penultimate viewing of Wonka, what are you, um, what are you uh, looking forward to the most? What are you going to try to pick apart? Um. I'm going to be looking for some of the, you know, we've talked about the costumes and stuff, but it's mostly been talking about, you know, praising the like more elaborate costumes, like Wonka's uh, costumes Mm -hmm. and the chocolate cartel, that sort of thing. I'm going to be looking at sort of the more everyday details of the movie, how this movie replicates, Mm -hmm. you know, mid 20th century life and and style. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking on this most recent watch, I would love to own one of Larry Chucklesworth's bowling shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be looking for, uh, you know, looking to see what other small details pop out to me, because that's really all there's left to look for at this <laughs> point. Oh, are you guys going to dress up for your final for your final viewing? You know, I do famously have a Wonka uh, coat and hat. So um, Is it, does it look like Timmy's? No, it's just it's just a purple mm-hmm. coat. Um, oh. But and, and it's, it's a purple hat. But, you know, I, I think people will get the message. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe I think. Um, well, um, Maggie, uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on this episode. Um, it's been great to have you. Um, where uh, can some of our lovely uh, fan listeners, fans, listeners, or listeners that aren't our fans, our fans all the way in Belgium, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on all social media at Maggles under, oh, shoot, <laughs> at Maggles underscore Smith. And um, you can find me on my website, maggiesmithrightsandwrongs.com. And are there any current projects you have going on uh, that you'd love to shout out? Yeah, um, I am about to close a show next Wednesday. So I don't know if anybody's going to be able to see it. I don't know when this is coming out, but. Um, tomorrow, go see it. Go, go see. The, the, oh, oh, come, this episode comes out tomorrow? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, no, I on December 7th, we close a show, uh, Lakeview Girls at the Annoyance Theater, 8 p.m. Wait, um, December 7th? December 27th, 27th, my bad. 27th, 27th. Lakeview Girls. Lakeview Girls, December 27th, and um, doing a few like opening improv things in January and getting ready to start some new projects. So I'm very, very excited about okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you can find me on New Play Exchange, Maggie Smith. <laughs> There you go. Well, Maggie, thank you so much hey, for being you. here. Eric, thank you so much for another great, great watch. Um, and everyone, just remember, it's not necessarily the chocolate that matters, but it's, it's about people, who you share it with. Who you share it with. And Maggie, thank you for sharing it with us today. Thank you for for giving me some to share. Wonka. <laughs> Out. Willy Wonka.